Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to another damn sports podcast. As always, I am Drew Torres here with Money Mike Gilchrist, and we are on the heels of the greatest matchup in the history of the NFL, Sam Darnold and the New York Jets versus Brett Ripien, if that's his name, of the Denver Broncos. Mike, are you excited for this Thursday night football matchup tonight? You know what? I, I can't contain myself with the excitement. I hope Thunder comes in. That's the Denver Broncos mascot, for those of you who don't know. are going to rush in there follow his lead and take home the victory because I picked them in our picks in our group. So go Broncos. Yeah. It was pretty shocking to see how many people are picking the jets, including myself. But I mean, when, when you, you have a rookie quarterback who was third string at the beginning of the season, starting for you, it's kind of hard to, to back a team like the Broncos, right? Yeah. But the jets are so bad. <laughs> <laughs> Well, <laughs> I, I I wonder if Denver's defense alone can like keep the score to like nine to three. Can 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 the you know Denver Broncos offense get three field goals? I think so. Yeah, I could see that, and we'll bring this up for my friend uh, Ryan Thompson, who's a Jets fan. He was asking me if we could talk about this just real quick before we start jumping into the week three slate of games. Um, do you think Adam Gase gets fired before the season ends? They already came out and said that his job isn't on the line tonight. Uh, you know what? If he does get fired, it's going to be somewhere between like week seven, week eight or something like that. If they continue to lose. Um, I feel like if they win a couple games, then maybe by like week 14 or 15. But to fire him like four weeks in, it's like, I think that's just fan pressure and, and rumor thrown out there. But he should be fired. I mean, he's terrible. He should, have been, he should have never been hired in the first place. The Jets had a good look at him when he was the head coach of the Miami Dolphins. And they thought, oh, let's go get that guy. Yeah. What? <laughs> like, how did you win him over? Or how did he win you guys over? And uh, Ryan interestingly said, he's like, oh, maybe we'll, we'll go for like Jason Garrett next year for, for head coach. I'm like, what about Jason Garrett is going to, has he won you over with? <laughs> with his uh, offense this year so far it, the Giants offense has not looked good I don't know if it's his fault but you have to prove yourself before you can get another head coaching position right well well I mean I, I will say being a fan of the, I, the the Jets choices make me so happy that I'm a Giants fan <laughs> because as much as the Giants have sucked for the last seven years they have the worst record since 2013 I think out of any team in the league but franchise wise they're so much on a higher standard than the Jets. The Jets have been a dumpster fire since 1965. So, <laughs> yeah, they, they've had their sprinkles of elite players here and there, but yeah, it's it's been a, a rough go for the New York Jets. But we'll stay in the AFC AFC East and start with our in-depth look of uh, Week Three and how it turned out. And we're going to start with probably the most exciting game in Western New York and one of the most exciting games of the week in the uh, Los Angeles Rams traveling to Orchard Park to face the Buffalo Bills with no crowd. So it was definitely a little different to watch uh, uh, the Ralph. I, I get, what's the name of the stadium now? I forget. It's not New Era Stadium. Is they it changed Bills? it. I, I, I don't even know. I don't even know. I, I know it used to be New Era, but I, I – I... Okay. It says online that it was Ralph Wilson Stadium, but I don't know if they actually changed the, the name back then. I think it might just be Bill Stadium at this point. But right. either way, uh, the, the game wasn't insane. At first, I thought the Bills were just going to completely run away with it. They were up uh, 28 to 3 or 21 to 3. That was a surprise to me. Yes. Yes. They jumped out to a very uh, big lead early. Um, Josh Allen looked great once again. He went 24 for 33 for 311 yards, four touchdowns, and one pick. Um, Stephon Diggs, uh, he caught another touchdown. 
they looked amazing. And I thought the Bills were just going to run away with this game. But, uh, Mike, what happened? Well, I, I, the, there was a moment in there was a controversial call for an interception by the Rams that um, was deemed an interception. A lot of people thought it was a, a reception by the Bills player or they thought it was incomplete or whatever it was. And the Rams just got momentum from there. One, one call gave the Rams enough life to make them think they still had a chance in the game. And then they just were able to drive down the field and make big plays and score. And then eventually they took the lead. And it looked like the Bills offensive line was like losing its composure because they couldn't like Josh Allen was like running backwards on so many plays. And he, in as well as Josh Allen has played this year. And a lot of people, even people that are uh, not Bills, you know, Bills fans are saying that he's in the MVP conversation. That's crazy to me. I would have never predicted before the season that Josh Allen would be in the MVP conversation, but he looked kind of like at the end of that game, like he was about to make some bad decisions and he made a couple bad decisions. And I think that was also uh, detrimental to the Bills not being able to put up more points in the second half uh, than they did. Um, Cause you saw him almost throw a couple picks on that final drive, um, which we'll get to in a little bit. Um, but I think the Rams just kind of stole the momentum and there was no crowd to like, kind of like the crowd in a game like that normally the crowd would have been so loud in the first half they would have been talking so much trash to the Rams players and the Rams fans that were there and once the Rams started coming back the crowd probably quiet down a little bit they didn't have that kind of feeling or, or depletion so the Bills were still able to work some magic but then uh there was another controversial play <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like you said, the uh, the missed call by the refs, even after it was reviewed, where obvious it was obvious that Tyler Croft at least caught the ball simultaneously with the with the defender, which would mean that the Bills would retain possession even after the penalty. By um, rule, it goes to the offensive player. Exactly. So I, I don't under like the they were saying that it was because Tyler Croft didn't show that he had possession of the ball, which was bullcrap. Like they they both got possession at the same exact time at worst, but. After that uh, call, after that missed call by the refs, like you said, the, the Rams' defense or offense just went to overdrive, and the Bills' defense just decided to stop playing, which yeah. I really don't understand what happened there. But essentially, uh, it, it ended up being 32-28 with about – I don't remember the time, but it, they, they had time for one more drive, basically. The, the Bills had to come back, score a touchdown, win the game. Um, yeah. And they started off the drive very well. Uh, they, they drove probably a good 50, 60 yards down – uh, the the field in probably like four plays. It, it was to a point where I thought, oh no, if, if they score here, they're going to give the Rams enough time to just go and kick a field goal, win the game. Yes, exactly. Well, it wouldn't have won them the game. It would have tied the game. I did. Set the yeah. overtime. But uh, essentially, and then they get stalled because of, uh, I, I believe Josh Allen, he, he gets sacked on one play mm-hmm. because uh, he didn't let go of the ball soon enough um, and his knee touched the ground. And then uh, basically they the next two plays were a wash. I believe they were just drops or overthrows or something like that. And then well, they, he, had, he had no time. I mean, they, he, his line was not blocking for him at all. Yes, exactly. Um, and then he, he completed a pass to Diggs, which ended up, I believe that was, it was like a third and 22 or something like that. Right. Like it was it was, third and 22. And I thought he went to Beasley on that play. No, maybe it was, it was Beasley like, to make it like a fourth and eight. Yeah, actually that, that sounds about right. And then the refs <laughs> gift the bills Probably one of the worst defensive pass interference calls I've ever seen. At least maybe in real time it looked like it was pass interference, but in replay it did not. So we're watch- I was watching that with my dad, and we were watching it in real time, and we're like, wait, what? What? <laughs> uh, 
I don't know. I don't know about that. But I wanted Buffalo to win, so I guess I kind of – even when you're rooting for the team that it benefits, you're kind of like overlooking kind of one of those things. But um, – and people were saying, oh, you know, they got the bad call earlier. Yeah, that bad call was like in the middle of the game. This was at the very end of the game. This decided <laughs> the game. And, I mean, the Rams – to the credit of the Bills, the Rams had their chance to stop them when it was third and 22. Third and 22, get a stop. You know, hold them to you – you can't, they can't kick a field goal. They have to go for it. Don't give up 14 yards on a third and 22 to give them at least, you know, to go for it on fourth and eight. I, it's just, the Rams had their opportunity and they blew it. But at the same time – it, it just sucks when the refs are the biggest story of the game, you well, know. Because if you think about it, that's a call that – if that same play happens in the first quarter or the second quarter, it might not even be called. I think the pressure of the moment makes the ref go look for every – analyze every little thing because if they see one thing, it's like whistleblown, flag thrown. Yeah. But it also depends on the ref too. It's kind of the same as in basketball. Like are they going to let him play or are they going to look for that little ticky-tack call? It, it, it's very it's, – it was kind of a luck thing in a way too. Well, it's, it's, it's huge as to who you – it's the same with any sport, whether it's basketball, um, with uh, the staff that you have uh, officiating the game or even football. Or even in baseball, when you have an, a, the different types of umpires, who calls this, that a strike and who calls it a you know a ball? Yeah, it's it's really you know I, I think if there was a little bit of a looser staff, I, I I'd have to look up how the penalties were in that game, like if it was a very strict staff or not. Um, but uh, that it was just a controversial call. But at the same time, um, the affiliate at Fox, uh, the expert for the officiating, I forget who it is on Fox. He came out and he said that I thought it was a legit pass interference call. So I was like, well, I mean, he's had more training than I have. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it, it, I think it's Mike Pereira. If he if he decides that it's a, it's a defensive pass interference, then who are we to, to judge? The man knows what he's doing. But, yeah, I mean, the refs weren't really that big on uh, penalty calls in that game. The, the Rams were three for 30 yards and the Bills were five for 55. So it's not like that – it's not like those refs were recalling ticky-tack calls all game. It was just this one Probably play. Laundry was flying. Yeah, exactly. But the Bills get a huge win. Uh, I still don't know if this completely proves that they are for real since they gave up such a massive lead and their defense just decided to stop playing during a very pivotal time in the game. Um, Well, I mean, I said last week that this was going to be their first test, and they definitely passed it because they won. They took a huge lead out. They blew the lead, but they were able to salvage it and win the game when they needed to. Exactly. And, and that's huge. That's the stuff you have to do in the NFL if you're going to be a good team. And uh, next week or this Sunday, the Bills travel all the way to Las Vegas to check out the brand new Las Vegas Raiders Stadium. I know a lot of Bills fans are very excited to travel to Las Vegas to see this game as it was going to be uh, one of the few times that you can travel uh, to Las Vegas and not have to find yourself gambling. You can just go and watch the game and have a good time. Uh, no, not, not 100% true. You can gamble on the game. <laughs> that's true that's very true but yeah so the the bills travel to the raiders how do you think this game's gonna go mike you know i the raiders did not play that great against the patriots last week but they did play really well at home against the saints um so i i, I do believe the raiders are better than a lot of people are giving them credit for um i i do think that if they had had a crowd they'd have so much more momentum than the bills probably like they had some big moments in the game where they went well um but uh that being said I was initially going to pick the Raiders to win the game, but I'm actually going to go with the Bills. I think the Bills are the better team, and I think they're going to go in there and win the game again. Even though they're not in their home stadium and even though they have to travel, there's not that element of 
a you know um a huge crowd that's intimidating in any kind of way or distracting um when you're trying to make audibles at the line so i'm gonna go with the better team i'm gonna go with the bills all right uh I mean, I I feel like this is gonna gonna be how it's gonna go all year. It's just like I'm gonna not pick the Bills and they're gonna win. I'm gonna pick the Bills and they're gonna lose. I'm gonna go with the Bills. Hopefully, I'm not bad luck for Buffalo. Um, I, was, I was gonna say if if you are bad luck on record, you've said that you won't be allowed to pick the Bills again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm gonna k- get killed out here. But uh, yeah, you're gonna, look, you're, you're, you know what you're gonna do? You're gonna get ready for the show. And Chris is going to say, are you picking the Bills on the show? And you're going to be like, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> be like, don't pick the Bills. You're bad luck. <laughs> oh, man, I hope this doesn't become a thing. But, yeah, I'm going to pick the Bills. I, I do think they're the better team, so we'll see how that goes. Both of us are back in Buffalo. Um, moving on to the next uh, big game of the week, we're going to talk about the Kansas City Chiefs traveling to Baltimore and defeating the Ravens by a massive – well, it actually ended up not being too bad. It was 34-20, but at one point, it just looked like it was going to be a complete blowout. It's, uh, I don't know. It's, it's not like it's anything that's really that um, crazy, but it's funny how in all three of the games so far, the Kansas City Chiefs have allowed 20 points exactly to all three teams they've played. <laughs> hey, at least they're consistent. Yeah. Uh, you know, this game actually was kind of disappointing because, I one, I picked the Ravens to win as my wild card pick last week, and I lost. So I was disappointed from that perspective. But I really thought this was going to be more of a back-and-forth exciting game, and it just it felt like there was one team that was good, but there was just one team that was just in another league of their own. Like Kansas City just looked that much better than Baltimore that I thought, oh, man, right now if, if Baltimore is going to be the team that represents the AFC in the Super Bowl, they have a long way to go versus Kansas City. Well, I mean, Lamar Jackson even said it after the game that the Chiefs are kind of their kryptonite. The, the, the Ravens and Lamar Jackson specifically are not built to play from behind. No, they're not. Not at all. I, 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 I'm wondering how many games that they have. And Lamar Jackson's been the starting quarterback. How many comebacks are there? I don't think there's any. I wouldn't be surprised if there is. I mean, Lamar Jackson, he threw for less than 100 yards. He had 15 for 28 for 97 yards. Like, mm-hmm. You're not going to do that and win against the Chiefs. No. And no. uh it's so it, it, it looked like it looked like the the Chiefs offense had their way with Baltimore's defense to a point where every single time they scored the camera was shown on a Baltimore Ravens like corner or safety just looking up and going what can we do what can we do <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually work uh with a fan of the Ravens and I said to him like well if you're gonna lose to Kansas City it, it's better to lose to them now in the regular season than in the playoffs yeah so learn about what you did wrong now so you can beat them later on yeah, no, that, that's 100% true. And I, I think the narrative continues that Patrick Mahomes is really good at football. I mean, <laughs> he went 31 for 42 for 385 yards and four touchdowns. I mean, the, the man is nasty. News on another damn sports podcast, Patrick Mahomes is good at football. <laughs> <laughs> Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs in general are just a very good team. Uh, so I'm excited to see what the Chiefs are going to do for the rest of the year. I wouldn't be surprised if they end up winning the AFC with ease and getting themselves back to the Super Bowl. But it's early in the season. You never know what can happen. What, what a life Patrick Mahomes has. Uh, earlier this year, he wins the Super Bowl. Then he gets uh, – I think he got engaged. Now we find out that she's pregnant, so he's going to have a, his first child. And then he gets a Super Bowl ring. And then he's starting off 3-0 with ease. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I think he's to win the Super Bowl again. No, uh, I, if there's one person that's benefited from 2020 and, and even COVID, it's – Patrick Mahomes. I feel like he, his life has gotten better over the year compared to everyone else. Right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but moving on to uh, another electrifying 
a matchup of quarterbacks. Uh, on Sunday night, the Green Bay Packers traveled to New Orleans to face Drew Brees and the New Orleans Saints. And this turned out to be a 37 to 30 game, but it never really felt that close after the Packers kind of broke it open uh, towards the end of the fourth or towards the middle of the fourth quarter. Uh, yeah. It seemed like the Packers were the, the, the offensive juggernauts that outplayed the New Orleans Saints. And I don't know if it's because the Green Bay Packers drafted a quarterback that has motivated Aaron Rodgers to play so well. I mean, he said that he went back and watched how he was playing back in 2010 when the Packers were just on top of everything. Uh, 2010, 2011, 2010 was obviously the year that they, you know, went on a great run. They were a wildcard team, won the Super Bowl. But then, then the following year, they went 15 and one where he was just playing lights out. He was league MVP. Uh, he's really come back to that. It looks like that's the same guy. And uh, I think right now with the injuries to San Francisco, with the injuries that the Saints have endured, um, and we're still not sure if Tampa is going to be as good as, you know, everybody's built them up to be. The Green Bay Packers might be the favorite in the NFC right now. Yeah, it's either them or the Seahawks right now. Um, and I think the most incredible thing about Aaron Rodgers and the Packers is the fact that he has been doing all of the things that he has done with a crappy supporting cast. Like, no, no big name guys. Just guys that do well in that system. Did you see when well, he threw a great it? Running game. He has a great running game behind him. No, that's true. I'm, I'm more saying about the passing game. So, did you yeah. see the um, the stat that came up that Aaron Rodgers has thrown now to a touchdown pass to two first round picks in his career? The second one being Mercedes Lewis that the Jaguars drafted back in 2008 or something like that. <laughs> How nuts is that? Right. <laughs> Like the man has not had like really, he's had great targets. He's had Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb, Greg Jennings. He's had, had some great receivers. But that was but early the, in his career. Exactly. Like the, lately the past couple of years, he's had Devonte Adams, who's been pretty good. But then other than that, he's just been working with nothing. And that just shows that he's an amazing quarterback because he's able to make uh, the players around him that much better. Right. I mean, the, the biggest test of an NFL quarterback uh, is how do you do with your personnel? Um, you know, some players, when they have great personnel, they're really, really good players. Like I'll give you an example. Mark Bulger, anybody remembers him. He was uh, the guy who replaced Kurt Warner uh, on the St. Louis Rams. Uh, Kurt Warner was the quarterback at the greatest show on turf. He got hurt. Mark Bulger comes in. He was drafted before Tom Brady in the 2000 uh, draft class, and he played fantastic, and Kurt Warner lost his job. Now, at the same time, Mark Bulger had Isaac Bruce, Torrey Holt, and then he had Marshall Falk as his running back. But once those guys retired, uh, he was not very good at all. And he lost his job, and then he was Joe Flacco's backup in Baltimore. Um, so it's all about who you who you have and how well you do with them. And players like um, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, um, they, they are able to take full advantage of the personnel that they have. Russell uh, Wilson, too. He's never had elite yeah. receivers either. I love Peyton Manning, but Peyton Manning never had to really suffer with a poor receiving cast. Um, he was never tested in that kind of way. Yeah. Um, like greats like Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, and Eli Manning were. Um, <laughs> of course, he had to throw Eli in there. Um, but uh, these, these Saints, <laughs> these Saints, uh, do you think they're for real? Or do you think that they're really struggling and they're not going to do as well as people think this year? You know, it's, I wonder if the Saints are going to be that team this year that is supposed to be really, really good. And they're good, but not um, but they're good enough to make the playoffs, but they're not what everybody thought they would be. And then maybe when it comes to playoff time, they go on this amazing run. They put it together at the right time. I'm hoping that's the case for the Saints because I always root for Drew Brees because I think he's just 
a, a great person, not alone a, a great talent who I wish had more than just one Super Bowl ring. Um, and I think that he and Sean Payton have the ability to lead this team to turn it around, but they are struggling right now. But they also have had, you know, they've been playing good football teams. It's not like their schedule has been – it's not like they're losing teams that they shouldn't. I mean, there's no shame in losing to the Green Bay Packers. Uh, there's no shame in uh, – Losing to the – well, they lost well, to the Raiders, which was a, a But shock. the Raiders were be better than people thought. And, and, and they were able to beat Tampa Bay. Um, who's going to be a really good team. Now, Tampa Bay will argue, and fans of the Bucs will say, well, Tampa Bay, that was their first game together versus the Saints being together for the last few years. So we'll see how they, how they fare in their second matchup. But I, 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 I'm not going to rule out the Saints as far as being a good team. Maybe they're just off to a slow start. This is such a different year than any other year that we're used to because there was no preseason. There was no, you know, this is going to be a sloppy first four weeks of the season, I think. I think once we get into weeks five, six, and seven, we're going to really know who some of these teams are and who they're not. Well, and also you have to factor in that the saints have been dealing with not having Michael Thomas. Um, right. Alvin Kamara has looked great. He had an amazing run uh, against the Packers. It's, it's so frustrating to me. He's on my fantasy team, but he's like my only player on my fantasy team. Yeah. You're having a rough year, man. <laughs> All <laughs> but, uh, players are hurt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's never fun to deal with, but a lot of people look at it too, as uh, Drew Brees being their Achilles heel right now, because he, he's, he isn't really like, wowing people with his, his abilities right now he's kind of just checking it down constantly and he's not really bombing it and obviously he has, doesn't have his number one guy and his number one guy right now is Emmanuel Sanders so I get it but it's still something to uh, watch I could be wrong I do believe this is going to be Drew Brees last season um I, I think that he came back because he has such a great team that it's, it's in one last opportunity to possibly go win a Super Bowl compete in the Super Bowl but I just don't think that he's the same guy I, I don't think his arm strength is the, as is what it once was. I mean, well, fair enough. I mean, he's 41 years old, but it's uh, you know, if, if the saints go like eight and eight this year or nine and seven, either make the, just barely make the playoffs and get eliminated or just don't make the playoffs. I think we'll see the end of Drew Brees in new Orleans and in the NFL in general, which will be a nice, uh, you know, tribute to him. I'm sure at the end of the season when he knows that he's out the door, but, uh, and we'll miss him in the NFL. But I think that it, it's definitely this is his last season. Either he's going to go out on top and they're going to go on this great run to win the Super Bowl and he's going to retire, or they're going to be an average team and he's going to be like, I don't have it anymore. And that's it. Yeah, fair enough. Well, uh, speaking of uh, average teams where the quarterback is like, eh, I don't have it anymore, uh, we'll talk about the Dolphins at the Jaguars. But wait, Brian Fitzpatrick does have it because he went off on the Jacksonville Jaguars' horrible defense. Um, this I'm is nothing new. Yeah, it's, it's nothing new. I'm not going to talk about this game uh, for too long because everybody kind of just like facepalmed as they were watching this game. Uh, the Jaguars in all facets, facets uh, were not clicking at all. Uh, the defense was getting shredded by Ryan Fitzpatrick. He, he completed, I, I forgot, it might have been his first 11 straight passes, uh, which was a record for him. Um, when, when you let a guy like Ryan Fitzpatrick beat you that badly, um, it, there really isn't much you can take away from the game. And Gardner Minshew looked off. The Jaguars were missing uh, DJ Chark. Um, James Robinson was the lone bright spot. He had an amazing game. He had six receptions for 83 yards and then also put uh, took 46 yards on the ground as well with two touchdowns. Uh, but other than that, the Jaguars are kind of just going to throw this game away and we're on to Cincinnati. <laughs> well, what's, uh, what's interesting to me about the Jaguars is everybody came into the season thinking they're just going to be this really dumpster fire team and be trying to get Trevor Lawrence it was kind of going to be their path this season. And then they played against the Colts and they played a competitive game and they won. Um, and then they 
were looking like they were going to get blown up by Tennessee. They come back and make that a game and look like they were almost going to win that game. And they lose. But, again, that's a team they struggle against. It's a division game. They looked pretty good at a lot of moments there where you could have argued that the Jaguars going into last Thursday should be 2-0. and um, And then they play a team like Miami that's supposed to be kind of, like, on their level, I guess, and, and they completely, you know, drop the ball and fall flat. And it's like, who are the, again, we're figuring out teams' identities. Who are the Jags this year? Are they a four and 12 team? Are they, uh, are they going to be six and 10? Or are they going to be maybe an eight and eight, nine and seven team? That's their ceiling. I don't think. <laughs> yeah, that, that's definitely their ceiling. Ceiling. I think it's somewhere between four and six wins they're going to get this year. But um I don't know. It's just crazy that Ryan Fitzpatrick has beaten the Jags on six different teams in his career. <laughs> on six different teams with the Bengals, the Bills, the Titans, the Texans, the Jets, and now the Dolphins. That's insane. Yeah. It's, he, so so uh, the Chiefs are the Ravens' kryptonite. Ryan Fitzpatrick is the Jags' kryptonite. I think there's a lot of different things that are the Jags' kryptonite. I don't think it's just him. <laughs> well, what a perfect combination the year he was on the Titans then, because the Titans have always been the Jags' kryptonite, and Ryan Fitzpatrick was there at one point. All right, Mike, who do you think is going to win next week, the, the Bengals or the Jaguars? <laughs> uh, I think this is the, the, the game that the Bengals uh, burst through the door and get the win. They, they came so close uh, <laughs> last week. But I think that at home in Cincinnati, this will be uh, Joe Burrow's first NFL win. Uh, and I think Cincinnati's going to win this game probably somewhere around like 23 to 16 or something like that. I, man. This is a complete homer pick. I th- I'm going to pick the Jaguars. I think it's going to be a close game, and I think it's going to be a lot higher scoring than what you just said because both of these defenses suck. Yeah. And in reality, the Jaguars' offense isn't that bad. It was just they had a really bad game this past week. So I think they're going to put up points. And then, honestly, the Bengals' offense hasn't looked horrible. Like, it hasn't looked great, but Joe Burrow doesn't have much to work with in terms of an offensive line. So do you think this is going to be more like the Browns-Bengals game where it was like 38-35 kind of a thing? Uh, yeah, I don't know if it's going to be that high, but definitely at least in the high, uh, low 30s, high 20s for both teams. Okay. Um, yeah, no defense is going to be played in this game. Uh, so yeah. I'm picking the Jaguars, and you're picking the Bengals, correct? I'm picking the Bengals, and I, I believe uh, – let me see here. I forget who's favorite in this game. Is it Are the Jaguars the favorite? Uh, actually, I have no idea. <laughs> Uh, Jaguars, Bengals betting line. Let's see. Let's see what we got here. Uh, it's, uh, Cincinnati minus three. So Cincy is favored. Yeah, but I mean, I'm not surprised. It's the, home, it's the it's the home favor score. That's true. It's yeah. So yeah. they're basically seen as a toss up game. Right. Exactly. So yeah, we'll see how this one goes, and we'll move on to uh, the former Jaguars quarterback Nick Foles' new home. Uh, the, <laughs> the Chicago Bears. Man, these Atlanta Falcons. I don't know what. The, just take it away. Well, everybody, so the Atlanta Falcons who are 0-3 after uh, last week. We're, you know, this close to being 1-2 and again with a win. Had a big lead against the Chicago Bears. Looked like they were going – they had a – I think it was a 16-point lead in the fourth quarter, 26-10. to And uh, the Chicago Bears made a decision to take out Trubitsky and put in uh, Nick Foles. And the spare tire came through once again when he was needed most. And he threw three touchdown passes in the fourth quarter – and the Chicago Bears went to the Atlanta Falcons stadium. Don't know the name of the stadium. And they took <laughs> Mercedes-Benz. Okay. <laughs> and, and so the Bears, again, have a uh, – of their three wins that they have, have come back in the fourth quarter twice now. They came back at Detroit, and now they've come back at Atlanta. Um, so pretty impressive for the Chicago Bears, but very de- – very de- depleting if you're an Atlanta Falcons fan like 
Okay, so I'm a Giants fan. We're 0-3. I completely understand, and I'm content with it because I know that they're terrible, and I expected them to be terrible. But for Falcons fans, they should be 2-1. and one. They, <laughs> like, they shouldn't have beat Seattle in the first game, but they should be 2-1. and one. It would be eating me alive if I was a fan of the Falcons. Like, God, we should be 2-1 and one right now fighting, you know, for top of the NFC South. No. No. Dude, I, I, I would give up. Like, like this is ridiculous. 0-3. And at least two of the games you had in your grasp and you just decided to throw it away. Not in your grasp. They had it. They, like, it was there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and, and this is just, it feeds into that narrative since the Super Bowl, uh, you know, that the Falcons can't hold on to a lead. Like Quinn cannot coach a team well ahead. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, the, the ultimate choke artist are the Atlanta Falcons. So, Good for Nick Foles. I mean, that, that's how he stole millions from the Jaguars, and now the Bears is coming into a game and saving the day, making it seem like he's, he's an elite quarterback. So he, he's definitely taking that starting job. Yeah, he, um, is, he is the starter this week. Yep. So uh, I, I can't believe the, the Bears are 3-0. and Of all the 3-0 and teams, we got the Seahawks. We have the Packers. We the have Bills. the Chiefs. We have the Bills. And then we have the Bears. <laughs> well, it's, it's funny to me that we, we've looked at look at the, each team's journey so far this season. You have the Green Bay Packers, who have soared through their first three games. Yeah. For the most part. And then you have the Bears, who have, you know, they had to come back against Detroit. They barely beat the Giants. The Giants were one play away from winning that game. <laughs> at their home game. <laughs> and then they had this, you know, they had a, a huge comeback win against Atlanta, who has proven to be the team that just – hands the other team to win in the, in the fourth quarter. Yeah, that, that, that is definitely the most nerve-wracking 3-0 and because, like, even in the first game, the Lions should have won that game because they dropped – or the uh, Swift dropped the ball in the end zone at the end. Yes, the, the Bears could easily right now be 0-3. Oh, my God. But that, that just shows you what the NFL is. The NFL is filled with a bunch of teams that are 8-8, eight and eight, and t- the teams that are 12-4 and four, um, are the teams that, in these clutch moments of the games – won those games and the teams that are like six and ten are the teams that couldn't win any of those games and then the teams that are eight and eight nine and seven are the teams that won they, they split those games like sometimes they won them sometimes they, they didn't uh that's basically what the nfl is now, and my, to be fair there are going to be some teams that are going to be 12 and 4 13 and 3 that earned that record and probably won most of their games handily but uh the chicago bears right now are very lucky to be 3-0 and hopefully for if I'm a fan of the bears, I, they take advantage of that and they continue to move forward. And um, I, who knows? We'll see. Yeah. We'll see it, they move to Green Bay. It's nuts to just to see that the bears uh, season has gone literally the opposite of the Atlanta Falcons. Like the bears <laughs> have been super lucky and just barely inching out wins and the Falcons have just been throwing it away. It's, it's nuts. But uh, talking about super lucky, we'll talk about the inverse of that for a team that is super unlucky the New York football giants as they had the 49ers come into their house and completely dismantle them. That's not a being unlucky. That's just being bad. <laughs> being unlucky is when things like could have gone your way. And Losing just... Barkley was unlucky. We'll say that. Okay. But even if he was there, they'd still be bad. They can't block anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if anything, it was a merciful injury for Barkley because he's not going to have to endure this horrible season. <laughs> All right, Mike, real quick. Give us a quick synopsis. How, do you, how are you feeling right now? Well, I'm just I, – I, I can't even say I'm frustrated because I'm not surprised. Um, it's, it's just something where the, the Giants just don't have a good roster. And I think that I completely agree with our secondary owner, Tish, who wants to fire Gettleman, who wanted to fire him after last season. 
and uh, Mara talked him out of it, or, or, or kind of talked it down. It was just like, you know, it's just so, it, it, it's just, it is what it is. I have no anger or frustration towards Joe Judge. I think that he is, hand, he was handed a mess and it was not his fault, the circumstances of COVID-19. I think he actually is going to be a pretty good coach. I had no idea the amount of responsibilities that a special teams coach has when dealing with a football team. They have to be involved with every single player on the roster because they have to evaluate whether or not they're going to be useful in special team situations because special teams is not only defensive players. It's a mix of defensive and offensive players. So they have to evaluate every single player on the team. They have to be accountable for every single thing that's going on. So special teams coach, uh, special teams head coach uh, is not surprising to me because look at John Harbaugh. That's what he was before he took over the Ravens and look at what the I will say Daniel Jones, he needs to learn how to not turn over the freaking football. Um, <laughs> and he just, he's, he's, he has some moments where he throws the ball incredibly well, incredibly accurately, but then he just makes bad decisions where he you know, throws a pick or he fumbles the ball, which is still an issue. So again, I, I stick to what I said last week. If the Giants have a lackluster season where they go like two and 14 or three and 13 or four and 12, and they're in a position to get Trevor Lawrence, they have to take it. I, I don't yeah. care that they use their, their sixth pick on, um, on Daniel Jones. Um, they have to be able to, uh, to move on and have the strength and courage to move on. Um, yeah, and, and the Cardinals did that in back-to-back years. They drafted a quarterback in the first round, so it, and it's worked out for them because Kyler Murray is great now. So I can see that being a, a solid strategy for the Giants down the road, but we'll, that, that, that point is going to come up literally every week. So <laughs> it's, we'll, we'll try not to rehash that point too often. But uh, any, any final thoughts on the Giants, or are you good? No, no, I'm not really. It's, not, it's more <laughs> of what I said last week. You know, I just don't see them really winning anytime soon, which is sad, but – uh, as my dad told me, we can't ever give up hope or stop rooting for him each week. Like I'm going to go into each game and be excited. I'll wear my Giants jersey or a Giants shirt during the game and root for the, the men in blue. But uh, knowing – so my uh, my brain will still be turned on and be like, oh, God, we're in for a rough one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, real quick. Uh, Giants at Cowboys, who you got? Uh, they're playing the Rams this week. Oh they're, oh, they're playing the Rams. Okay, sorry about that. Yeah, uh, but it's either, either way, uh, whoever's <laughs> playing against the Giants is who I'm picking, so I'm picking the Rams. <laughs> oh, okay, they got the Cowboys the week after. Um, yeah, I'm going to take the Rams as well. Um, that is a quick and easy pick for us. And moving on to our next game, uh, the Cowboys at the Seattle Seahawks. This was a barn burner, honestly. It, it was a great game to watch. The Seahawks, man, there are just so many big plays that Russell Wilson makes, with, especially Tyler Lockett with his three touchdowns. Um, right. Basically, it, it was a back-and-forth battle. The, the Seahawks were staying just ahead for most of the game. Um, they should have been up by, by two scores because <laughs> Metcalf had that fumble right at, in front of the end zone. Yeah. Essentially what happened was Metcalf uh, was taking the ball to the house after another great throw by Russell Wilson early in the game. And he, he did the classic – it wasn't exactly what Deshaun Jackson did, but it was basically just he was slowing down. He was kind of like gloating a little bit. He's like, oh, I'm just going to walk into the end zone. And then the defensive player on the Cowboys, he made a great play, and he popped it right out of his hand. Yeah, well, went through the end zone, touchback. Oh, that was so that was so aggravating because as somebody who roots against Dallas every single week, I don't care who they're playing. I was like, "Come on, what are you doing?" And it looked like Dallas was going to steal the game, but it, like you said earlier, it was such an exciting game to watch. Probably one of the most exciting games of the week, if not the most exciting game of the week. Um, uh, but I, I just love the fact that Russell Wilson was able to make 
the plays when it counted at the end, when it looked like Dallas was going to steal the win. Um, and that final drive that uh, the Seahawks had. And I thought the Seahawks scored too quickly on their final drive because they left the Cowboys a ton of time. But this is why I don't think that Dak Prescott is – I mean, he's, he's a decent quarterback. He's, he's, he's a good quarterback. And it's one of those things where it's like, well, who are the Cowboys going to replace him with? Um, like, who's out there that's better than Dak right now? Andy Dalton. <laughs> they have Andy Dalton. Uh, <laughs> um, I, it's just he hasn't proven that he can win in those those or make plays happen when he needs to. Now that's not all on Dak, because um, he you know. He, but at the same time, it's like he has a great receiving core. He's got a great running game. There are no excuses. Dallas has the talent to be good. Now Dallas's Achilles heel is what Russell Wilson took advantage of. Their secondary is terrible. <laughs> yeah their, line, their defensive line is good they're, they're, and their linebackers are, aren't are, are pretty good but their secondary is just awful and teams with good quarterbacks are going to destroy them and unfortunately for them that's what the nfc has at the top they have jared goff uh and the rams who are a great offensive talent you have tom brady in tampa you have drew Brees in new orleans who's you know obviously got some work to do there but and then you've got aaron Rodgers in green bay like are the cowboys better than any of those teams no no no, and they're not, and and Russell Wilson showed that, and he's going to probably be at the top of the NFC too. So, oh yeah, I mean Russell Wilson is obviously the number one for the MVP candidate. He went twenty-seven for forty for three hundred fifteen yards and five touchdowns. Yeah, oh, I, I love to have Russell Wilson in two fantasy leagues this year. It is great. Uh, I I don't know. I wish I took Russell Wilson earlier in our draft. To be honest with you, but <laughs> um, I don't know how anybody could argue that anybody else could be the MVP other than Russell Wilson right now. Like I know that Bills fans. Uh, love Josh Allen and think that he should be the MVP but if you're being a true analyst and really being fair he's not on Russell Wilson's level so far he's just not no and there's a reason why Russell Wilson is leading the league in touchdowns I mean the man is just he's killing it uh, I'm glad my lock ended up working out I was nervous there for a second I was like why did I pick this game as a lock I, I could have picked so many other games but it ended up working out it's a good thing you didn't listen to me because I was the one who was saying, oh, the easy lock choice would be Arizona over Detroit. <laughs> I was telling you, the Lions aren't that bad. If you have Matt Stafford, you're going to be a decent team. Like, yeah, like... I, I, I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll talk about that, that game a little bit later. We'll move on to our next game real quick. Uh, this one I, I just wanted to cover real, real quick was the Texans at the Steelers. Uh, this was the first time that the Texans actually had kind of a competitive game. Uh, they were leading for a decent amount of this game. Uh, but unfortunately, the Steelers defense and the Steelers as a whole are just the better team than the Texans right now. And they won 28 to 21. Yeah. And Pittsburgh is going to be a very I, I've said it uh, last week. I think the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to be competitive with the Ravens in the AFC North. And I think the Steelers are going to be one of the top three or four teams in the AFC this year. I, I think they will be a team that could challenge for the Super Bowl. Now, I don't think they're on the same level as Baltimore or Kansas City quite yet. But I think they'll definitely split the season with the Ravens. I think they'll win one of those two games. Um, and Big Ben, I, the Steelers are a team actually this year that I'm pulling for. I'm pulling for Pittsburgh to do well because I know that this is one of Big Ben's last opportunities. Um, and I think they're a really good team. I, I've always respected Coach Tomlin. And so I, I, I root for Pittsburgh to do well. I was glad to see them win on Sunday. But I also don't think that the Texans should panic because they had the, probably arguably the toughest first three games of the season playing Kansas City, Baltimore, and then Pittsburgh. Yeah. It's like, it doesn't get much tougher because they really played the top three or four teams. Like, the top four teams, in my opinion, in the AFC right now are Kansas City, Baltimore, New England, and Pittsburgh. 
So they played three of those four in their first three games. And the Texans have proved that when they get off to slow starts, they still have been able to win the AFC South anyway. Um, this year, I don't think that's the case. I think the Titans are the best team in the division, but I don't think that they should hit the panic button yet. What do you think? Um, I, I would 100% agree. Uh, I am curious to see how the Texans do once they start playing some easier teams. Uh, the only thing that worries me is Deshaun Watson is just not playing to the level that you expect from him. I mean, they, the Texans did not score a point in the second half of this game. They were actually winning going into halftime, and then in the second half, they just went stagnant. Watson went 19 for 27 for 264 yards, two touchdowns and a pick. Um, I, I know Watson doesn't have much to work with around him anymore because they got rid of Hopkins, but you would think for someone that you're going to pay that much money for to play quarterback, you think they would be playing just a little bit better. But you got to keep in mind that he was playing against a really top, one of the top defenses in the league. So that, that was a contributing factor as well. Right. But then, then I guess you have to blame the coaching because how the hell do you go into the uh, halftime with 21 points on the board and then you come out and just don't score any I mean, that, that might just be a testament to how great the Steelers coaching staff is for making adjustments, but, like, Houston's got to come back somehow. No no doubt. I think the Steelers out, out-coached them. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's definitely what it has to be. And uh, speaking of out-coaching, the Titans always out-coach the Jacksonville Jaguars every time they play. And this past weekend, they played at the Minnesota Vikings in a game that actually I thought the Vikings had in the bag, but it looks like the Titans were not looking to uh, lose a game. Yeah, it, it was uh, frightening for me in the point standing because you picked the Vikings as your upset. And I was like, oh, it looks like Drew saw this one coming. And uh, <laughs> the Tennessee Titans, again, foiled, foiled your plans. <laughs> Dude, the, the Titans ruined everything, man. They're the first team in the NFL to get COVID. Like, yeah. like who the hell likes the Titans? Yeah. I'm asking you, know, you this question. <laughs> lots of people have signature phrases, Drew. I, I'm going to give you an opportunity to say yours. Go ahead. Fuck the Titans. There you go. Seriously, that, fuck that. the Titans. If – if they end up ruining the NFL season because they're the first team to get COVID, I am going to lose it. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it, this game was uh, it was pretty good. I mean, it was high scoring. Titans end up winning 31 to 30. Uh, Kirk Cousins had a classic Kirk Cousins showing uh, 16 for 27 for 251 yards, three touchdowns and two picks. Um, Dalvin Cook is a star. He rushed for 181 yards on 22 carries with a touchdown. Um, so the Vikings offense when they're playing at their best, they can put up points, but their defense, man, it, it, they went from having a great defense last year to just not good at all this year. What's their identity? It's been their identity the last like five, five years since uh, Zimmer's been there. They're a strong defensive team. And, and that's just not the case this year. I think the Vikings are by far the most surprising 0-3 team. Yeah. Um, again, as a Giants fan, I'm not surprised that they're 0-3. So I am not depressed by any means. I'm just kind of like, yeah, this is my life. <laughs> um, I'm a Vikings fan I would be thinking like what the what the hell <laughs> yeah we we had such a great like playoff win last year at, at, in New Orleans uh it, it didn't end that great when we when they ended up playing uh who they play after that the Packers I think it was so I mean it end, didn't end great for them but you thought that they would come out of the gate a little bit better than this right right now let me ask you this I know you're you know if, if we were in normal circumstance right now you're planning on going to either Green Bay or Minnesota uh, you probably would have already made this decision by now, but it probably would have been a be- better bet for you to go to Minnesota because the Jags had a better chance of going there and winning than they went to Green Bay. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, in terms of if I want to go see the Jags potentially win, it would have definitely been Minnesota. But I think we would have ended up going to Green Bay just okay. because we have uh, Bella and Sean living in Chicago. So it would have just been like an hour drive or hour tra- train ride up north to go there. Um, but it would have been cool to, to go to Minnesota too to experience the Skull chant. But unfortunately uh, – COVID kind of just ruined all of those plans. 
Um, but we'll move on from this game. Congratulations, congratulations to the Titans. You guys are 3-0. and You guys are probably going to win the division, and I am going to be pissed. Um, we are just going to go through the rest of the games really quickly because the rest of the games weren't really as interesting to us. Uh, let, let me pull up the scores. That probably be good so I can at least talk about it. All right. The, uh, the Browns defeated the Washington football team 34-20. to Any thoughts, Mike? No. No surprise. <laughs> no thoughts at all. Do you think uh, Dwayne has? Do you think the Giants made the right call not drafting Dwayne, Dwayne Haskins? Yes, yes, I do. I, I, I think with what the options were in front of them, I think that Daniel Jones is going to be. I, I think Daniel Jones is actually better than Haskins. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also don't think either of them are really that great. So I was going to say it doesn't mean much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, my thoughts on the Browns: they're the they're you know over five hundred for the first time since week fifteen of twenty fourteen. So. Uh, <laughs> we'll that just means that they up. played a couple of easy teams early on these first uh five six weeks we're gonna find out who teams are and the browns are one of those teams that everybody keeps their eye on because of the uh high profile of baker mayfield and there's always the question of are they going to trade odell is odell on the trading block and the, the browns are always like no he's not on the trading block and odell's always like well i mean if they want to get rid of me well <laughs> no because he's not being used correctly there anyway because baker mayfield just isn't really that good so I think it would be best for Odell to go to another team where he could be utilized better, but uh, we'll move on to uh, the next game. The first tie of the NFL season. Uh, oh, so frustrating. I it was know. so frustrating. I picked the Bengals as my upset. They were winning the whole time and the Eagles come in and steal it. Uh, to steal it to put it in overtime. Then neither team could do anything in overtime. Um, and I wanted them to lose because I thought it was so funny. If you know, they were, you know, zero and three, the Giants are zero and three. Dallas is one and two, and Washington's one and two. Like this division is uh, awful. <laughs> two nine and one for that NFC least. And I they love it. Be, they should be two and eleven because the Cowboys should have lost to the Falcons last week, and the Bengals should have took care of business at Lincoln Financial Field and beat the Eagles. So it's like, uh, yeah, but I, I don't know what the hell's going on with Carson Wentz and the Eagles. They are not looking good. They just cannot. Put points on the board. Carson Wentz just looks skittish. Five wins. That's how many it might take to win the NFC East. And that's not me being like speaking the hyperbole. That might be legitimate. No, not five. Maybe seven. I'll say seven for the Cowboys. It's however many wins the Cowboys get because they're winning the division. Um, (laughs) They should win the division. But they're the Cowboys. And and as Stephen A. Smith always says, what can go wrong will go wrong. Yeah, it's it's gonna be the Cowboys or who knows? Washington has a win. Maybe they'll end up winning the division. Well, we'll we know see. it won't be the Giants, unfortunately. So. Yeah, <laughs> and the Eagles are not trending in the right direction. Uh, real quickly, the Las Vegas Raiders traveled to uh, Foxborough to face Cam Newton and the Patriots. Uh, they won. The Patriots won thirty-six to twenty. Yeah. Well, it's it's it, again the Patriots are a team that I certainly didn't think were going. I thought with the loss of Tom Brady, I thought the culture was going to change. And they were just going to be a completely different team this year. They weren't going to be as dominant. They weren't going to be as good. I was completely wrong uh, on that. The Patriots look really good with Cam Newton. Cam Newton has played so well so far. Now, it's only three games in. Uh, but so far, the Patriots are still a huge threat to go to the Super Bowl. And how pissed will people be if the Patriots uh, get to the Super Bowl again? But I know the Bills fans were really banking on this being their season to win the AFC East. And the 3-0. And they are in the lead right now, but it's not going to be a cakewalk to win the division after all. I think the Patriots are still going to be a, a tough threat for them and the rest of the A. Yeah, I, I, I'm very excited for that first Bills-Patriots uh, game in about 
five weeks, it looks like, on, on November 1st. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, I think the Patriots are basically just as good as they were last year. It's just they had they played the Seahawks, who are a great team. I think they'd be 3-0 and against most other teams. Um, so moving on to the Carolina Panthers going out to L.A. to defeat the Chargers 21-16. to I think the biggest story here is everybody was picking the Chargers in this game because mm-hmm. of the injury to Christian McCaffrey, but Mike Davis came in and he played – pretty well honestly his his stats were uh pretty good 13 for 46 yards and then he also caught eight balls for 45 yards and a touchdown so he, he filled in pretty well I think it was a combination of things I think that it was um in terms of people picking the Chargers to win I think people were impressed that they held their own so well against the Chiefs mm-hmm. um and then of course McCaffrey's injury so it was kind of leaning towards like well the Chargers are probably better than people thought so and they're at home let's pick the Chargers but uh Congrats to Teddy Bridgewater on his first win as the starting quarterback in Carolina um, in the post-Cam Newton era. So, um, yeah, I mean, Carolina, again, I keep talking about who teams are. How good is Carolina going to be this year? Are they going to be just an 8-8, eight and eight, you know, 7-9 and nine team? Are they going to be a potential playoff team? Are they going to be like a, you know, 5-11, and 4-12 team? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I think that's probably where they're going to be, somewhere around five or six wins. I, I just don't think their defense – uh, is good enough, and, and they don't they don't have enough explosiveness on offense, even without, or especially without uh, Christian McCaffrey. But we'll see. Still a lot of football left to be played. Uh, real, uh, I keep saying real quick before every game. Sorry about that. The Jets uh, going to Indianapolis, they get killed thirty six to seven. Anything you got for this? I think that we can just leave it at that, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Colts are one of the teams that I think uh, is a team that could be a potential threat in the AFC if they can put things together. I think the roster is in place to do that. And I think Philip Rivers is – and he's one of those other guys that I root for. Uh, I, I like both he and uh, Ben Roethlisberger from Eli, Eli Manning's class. So, And also, uh, Philip Rivers has never had a chance to compete for a Super Bowl. So, again, he's a guy that I, I root for. I know you, you being a Jags fan, you don't like the Colts. But um, I, I'm sure you would – agree to this you'd rather see the Colts win the AFC South than the Titans yeah honestly of all the teams if it's not the Jags I'd rather have the Colts yeah um, I'm sick of the Texans winning all the time and obviously you know how I feel about the Titans so <laughs> uh, we'll see how that close race ends up uh, the Lions at the Cardinals we already mentioned this game uh, money Mike was really down on the Lions last week he's like oh the Lions are on the level of the Giants they're so bad but you forget that Matthew Stafford is the quarterback and he ended up uh, bringing them to a very close victory 26 to 24 over the Arizona Cardinals. Well, and they tied with the Cardinals last year. So <laughs> I forgot about that. No, I was, it wasn't that I was, so, it's not that I was so low on the Lions. I was actually high on the Cardinals. Um, I think the car, and I had said last week that I thought that every team in the division was going to make the playoffs. Now with all the injuries to San Francisco and Arizona might not be as good as I thought they were. Now that they're bad, I mean, they played a competitive game. Uh, but uh, no, Detroit, you know, Detroit arguably should be two and one right now because they should have beat the Bears in week one. Um, and, uh, they got themselves blown out by Green Bay. No shame there. Um, and they won this game. So the, the, the Lions should be 2-1. and one. Yeah. So we'll see how that how it goes for them. Yeah. And uh, the final game of the week, I'm surprised we left the, the most popular team in the NFL for the last one, the Denver Broncos. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, went to Denver and defeated the Broncos 28-10. to 10. Uh, This is kind of what everybody was expecting with – uh, the Broncos having Jeff Driscoll as their starting quarterback. They signed Blake Bortles, but he hasn't really been on the team long enough to take over the reins. I'm excited for when that happens. But uh, as everybody expected, the Bucks came in and they destroyed the Broncos. Yeah, I mean, I was hoping when I uh, picked the Broncos to win tonight uh, that it was because Blake Bortles was starting. I guess he's not. Uh, <laughs> no, I knew, I knew he wasn't. But, it, yeah, he's going to be the savior in Denver. 
No, um, Tampa Bay is just a far superior team to Denver, so it was no shock that they won. Yeah, and uh, just uh, for fantasy purposes, it looks like this uh, Tampa Bay backfield is still going to be a hard one to read. I mean, Leonard had seven carries for 15 yards, and Ronald Jones, the second, had 13 carries for 53 yards. So it's still going to be a committee, and who knows who, who's going to take the reins in that backfield. But uh, that completes our review of week three of the NFL season. Um, real quick, we are going to go over our picks, and yep. then uh, we can uh, let you guys go. And we can go and enjoy this uh, Jets Broncos Thursday night football matchup. Well, I won't be able to. I don't have NFL Network, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the worst. Uh, but uh, yeah, so let's just do a quick summary. So last week uh, I went three, two, and one because of the Bengals tying with Philly. Uh, you went three and three. We both have three points. Um, so last week you got to pick my wild card first. So I'm going to do the favor of picking yours first, and I'm going to say for your wild card game. Uh, I'm going to have you pick between the Baker Mayfield Cleveland Browns against Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys. Who you got, Drew? Yeah, I was going to say, I was looking through the slate, and there's really not that many, like, really close matchups this uh, this week, at least ones that pop out to you. Uh, Cowboys and Browns is a good pick, though, and I believe I am going to take the Cowboys. Um, okay. Yeah, I just think the Cowboys offense is really clicking right now, and I think that the Browns defense isn't going to be able to handle them. Uh for my wild card pick for you to choose, I'm going to pick the Pittsburgh Steelers traveling to Tennessee to face the Titans. Well, it's not happening, so you got to pick a different game. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I forgot it's postponed. Um, so, oh, yeah, I, I, I'm going to pick that it gets postponed. <laughs> <laughs> I totally forgot about that crap. That was like the only one that was like a close pick that we haven't already. Damn it. Uh all right, we'll do the Eagles and the 49ers. Uh, I'm going to go with San Francisco. Yeah, it's kind of easy I think, pick. Even, I think even with their backups, they're better than Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah, no, that's probably the pick to go with, but this is uh, all on the spot. Um, so what do we do next, the, the upset picks? Yeah, so I, I picked my upset last week first, so you go ahead. All right, Ooh, this is interesting. Very, very interesting. Um, I think I am going to pick the Carolina Panthers to upset the Arizona Cardinals. So I wrote down two games because I was like, there's two that I would pick. And that was one of them. That wasn't my first choice, but it was my second choice. So it's a good, that's a good upset pick. Uh, I'm going to go with the team that we were both very surprised at the fact that they are three and zero. I'm going to go with the Chicago bears who are at home and are underdogs against the Indianapolis Colts. So I'm going to, I'm going to pick Chicago. I, I, part of me thinks that the Colts are going to win, but again, we have to pick who we think might potentially upset. So I'm going to go with Chicago. I'm going to believe in the spare tire again. Uh, and uh, the Bears are going to ride their way to victory. Yeah. That was probably the other game I would have picked as well. Those are the two closest matchups. Um, and then, so the last one is the lock, correct? Yes. Go ahead. Oh yeah. So I'm picking, picking this one as well. Okay. I'm going to actually take on the board. So what's that? I think there's a few to choose from on the board. Yeah, there actually is. This this year isn't really that tough. Or this year, this week isn't that tough. Uh, yeah, I'm going to take the Ravens over Washington. Okay, so Drew's taking the Ravens. Um, and just so you guys are aware of how the points work, so last year when you got your upset pick correct or if you picked another game um, of your picks, uh, you got two points that that team ended up winning. But we actually talked about it, and whenever we got our locks wrong, it's like, well, maybe you should lose a point if you guarantee that this team's going to win and they don't. So this year, that's going to come into effect. Both of us won our lock picks last week. So Drew is taking the Ravens to defeat uh, the Washington football team. My lock is going to be Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks over the Miami Dolphins. 
Yeah, that, I mean, that's another pick. I, I was listening to uh, a fantasy football podcast today, and they're basically saying that all of like the top-tier quarterbacks have great matchups this week, and it's definitely true. I mean, you have the Rodgers playing the Falcons. You have Russell Wilson playing the Miami Dolphins. And you have Lamar Jackson playing the uh, Washington football team. So uh, there were, you were right. There were definitely a lot of uh, easy lock picks this week. I, I think that um, I, I think that it's funny how um, I was going to pick Green Bay as my lock. But I'm like, nope, on this show, if you pick against Atlanta, they somehow win. So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's better to just avoid the Atlanta Falcons at all costs. If you don't mind, do you want to do a bonus game this week? Because there's a game that we didn't pick. And I think it's a good game to pick on. Um, sure. If you're up for that. Uh, Chiefs and Patriots. Mm. Do you want to do the spread? Because most of us are going to pick the Chiefs. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so why don't we do the spread? I feel like that would make it more fun. Let's make this a two-pointer. Okay. All right. So are you saying that the Chiefs are going to win by seven or more? Um, you know what? Screw it. I'm a gambling man. Why don't you pick and I'll just pick whatever you don't pick. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> uh, I see the Chiefs win by the spread. I think they win by seven or more. All right. So, so we're taking it minus seven. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'll, I'll take the Patriots at plus seven. Interesting. Yeah. Because yeah, both of us were going to pick that the Chiefs in that game. Like, I mean, it's it's it's, it's it, all, all the games that are on the schedule. That's probably the most contentious game. Yeah, yeah, no, I 100% agree, but you're not going to pick against the Chiefs until they lose, I feel like, just because of the way they look. Like, I don't know. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, that'll be fun. Maybe this is something we'll do throughout the season, pick, like, a bonus game or something and do yeah. the spread. I think that actually sounds kind of fun. Yeah, that sounds so, great. So I'm going to root for the Chiefs to just blow the shit out of the Patriots. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I will be too, but. Uh, and you know what's great about what I just said is someone can just take that line and – Go with, go with their imagination. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's true. That is true. So we'll see if anybody does that with, uh, with Money Mike's uh, colorful language. <laughs> I hope you guys enjoyed. This is the one show that my mom listens to. <laughs> That'd be perfect. Yeah, I mean, we normally don't swear too much on the show. We at least try to. We try to keep it clean. We got try to give you guys some journalistic integrity because, you know, Mike and I are some of the most uh, – uh, integrity-filled journalists in the sports world family-friendly podcast for the most part (laughs) for the most part thank you guys so much for listening to episode two of season two of another damn sports podcast i am drew torres he is money mike gilchrist and i hope you guys enjoy week four of the nfl season